Hi folks, um, what you're about to see and hear is a bit unusual. Uh, on Wednesday last week we went to record the podcast as normal. As myself, Joe, uh, Andrew and Ben joined us. Uh, this was the first time Ben had joined us um, for a proper podcast where he could have a real good chat um, since the passing of his grandfather who um, unfortunately came to the effects of coronavirus. Um, so it when we did the opening, um, we sort of got into the conversations about how are you as normal and it became pretty apparent very quickly that this was really, really a tough time for Ben. Um, so we, we did speak at length. Um, <laughs> we then stopped and uh, attempted to record the intro again. This time um, we, we got into a, a very long conversation about the effects of coronavirus on our lives, about how it's been affecting the bars, the experience that we've had um, visiting the bars, um, and uh, just just generally talking about how this lockdown has been affecting us. Um, there was no intention to put this out because, as you'll see, you know, at the end of it, we we just went. I don't think any of us were particularly in the mood for chatting about all the wonderful things about Brewdog uh, in the last couple of weeks at the end of this. So in the end, we, um, we we scrapped it and came back on Thursday night and then just recorded a podcast that you either know and love or know and hate, whichever the kind of person you are. So yeah, um, I wasn't going to put any of this out, um, but listening back to it when I was sort of editing and seeing if there was stuff that was usable there, I actually thought this is a really good and a really important conversation. So this episode is not for everyone. Um, It is, like I say, we are going to be talking uh, in depth about coronavirus. And I know for some people, you just want to listen to this podcast or watch this podcast and actually switch off from that stuff from a bit. So um, yeah, no offense would be taken, of course, if you didn't participate in this episode in any way. But for those who are interested... um, I'm just going to drop you right in to about sort of 45 minutes into the recording that we did when we really get into the meat of the conversation. Uh, just so I'll give you a bit of background first. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, well, I'd like to say enjoy, but whew, see what you think. Um, what would I say? We'll be back in a couple of weeks with our next episode anyway, so enjoy. Oh, right, so here we go. Um, Andrew, um, how are you and are you in lockdown right now? Uh, to, to an extent, I think everyone's still in lockdown, though what I would say is I've uh, been to a couple of Brewdog bars. I've gone and met with colleagues for lunch and drinks, which I'm happy to talk about later, my experiences of failed social distancing through alcohol. And just before we recorded tonight, I was eating out to help out, as the Chancellor of the Exchequer likes us to say, which mm. for our international audience is um, not a euphemism. It's <laughs> an encouragement to go out and support the hospitality industry on Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays in August with half of your food and soft drinks bill being paid for by the government. Coupling that with a shop small scheme that American Express are doing, I had a fantastic pizza, two scoops of ice cream and a can of San Pellegrino for the grand total to me of £5.62 in London. Wow. Wow. Okay, that works. Yeah. Uh, Joanne, uh, how are you? Can you beat that? And are you in lockdown? Um, we're not. We're not in lockdown yet. No, we're not any more than anybody else. Well, less than you. Um, we. <laughs> uh, we. Oh, 
So I live in a little village, so we've not had anything that can be delivered out to us. I'm only 10 minutes from the city centre, but we're still just that little bit too far out for anything to be delivered. But Domino's now allows you to collect, so the Hubs is very excited about that. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Uh, yeah, we had Domino's for dinner the other night. That was very exciting. Nice. <laughs> well, uh as you're probably very aware, um, we are in a second lockdown here in Aberdeen, but we'll come to that. Uh, ben, you're in an unusual looking spot. Uh, pretty sure that isn't your room. I don't recognise the, uh, what is it, Paddington wallpaper? Paddington wallpaper. <laughs> yeah, this is um, this is actually my granddad's office. Um, so, yeah, I've been, been here um, tidying out for the last few days. Um, but... Yeah, it's got good internet, good lighting and good sound, so I thought I'd uh, do the podcast from here while I'm uh, currently moving house at the moment. So, Yeah, fair enough, and uh, must be a bit of a roller coaster then being in there, going through all your granddad's stuff, I guess. Absolutely. Um, it's, you know, it takes um, takes a lot of getting used to when you uh, first start, but it, it just kind of paints a picture about his life and um, all the different things that he did over the years um like he was a, an electrical engineer um when he left the navy um he went to university when it was um raw mathematics instead of um uh, computer science um so he, he had an obsession with computers very early on so it's a lot of uh projects uh, that he'd uh, put on pcbs and stuff around uh, around his little office and this is where it all happened um lots of collections of old games and stuff so been going through uh, everything to decide you know um where it goes we're donating a lot to um a computer um the computing museum in cambridge uh, when they reopen because uh, a lot of his projects still work and um, have been kept really nice so it'd be cool to you know donate these computers that are basically british computing history and allow future generations to uh, play with them and uh, you know, see what things were like uh, in the old days. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ben, fair I was quite touched. So I, I was Go quite on. touched, Ben. Um, just just for the listeners' benefit, um, as you mentioned on the on the Brewdog forum, and got a lot of support from the the people there. That that uh, sadly, your grandfather passed away uh, during the lockdown period. Yeah. Um, so it was at the beginning of the uh, the lockdown, as in. Um, I think we were talking about the first week that um, there was a formal government lockdown um, that he was admitted to hospital. Um, he was 80 years old, um, but he didn't have any underlying health issues. Um, and it was kind of a rapid deterioration while he was, um, you know, he, he got better and then he got worse while he was in there. Um, but it, it definitely would have been someone that you would have expected to uh, passed away from it unfortunately um and it really struck me i would say just if i can speak person oh, yeah. as well that i don't feel that uh i don't i don't feel that i know anyone uh other than yourself who ha- has lost somebody to the coronavirus and uh, your experience really hit home to me when i go out and about and wear my face mask and do my things i, I actually i think of you um as as somebody who has lost considerably from from this episode and um you know it, it really works for me because i guess rob you've got that issue yourself yeah uh, back a real focal point in aberdeen as of today 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, ben, I, I agree with Andrew. Uh, you know, people say, well, do you know anyone who, you know, yeah, absolutely I do. And also I know how deeply it's affected you. And I also know that you've, you've got still a long journey to go with even just going through the stuff and all the, the cool and amazing stuff that you found out about him as well that you didn't even know. Um, and it, it got a bit very close to home from us today here in Aberdeen because uh, as you, as I was saying earlier on, we're in, we're in a second lockdown, so all the Aberdeen bars are closed. The three Aberdeen bars are closed. Um, it's highly expected that the Scottish government will close um, various other ones just around that are fairly near, um, Inverurie, for example, and maybe even up in Ellen as well, because a lot of people do travel into the city centre, especially folks on a night out and stuff like that. It's, you know, you jump on a train, you jump on a bus and you head into Aberdeen. So it really, really wouldn't surprise me because it's definitely the focus at the moment is on uh, the nightlife um, where this uh, virus outbreak spread. Um, fortunately at the moment, so far, there's not been any reported um, serious consequences of it uh, other than uh, lockdown. So it's not just the pubs. We're, we're now on a five mile. We can't travel. So I, I can't travel into Aberdeen unless it's for work. Um, working from home just now though. So that's, that's not a big deal for me, but I know it's going to be for a lot of people. You can't go and see your family now. Um, you know, and all those things. Uh, I've got a friend, um, uh, who's got a 30th birthday. It's her 30th birthday. She's been planning it for months. I had to change her plans twice and now she's just had to completely cancel them. And uh, she is understandably really, really upset. And she's not upset at the decision that the government made. She's just upset at this virus and, and what's happening. And it, we see it around us. And it, it, it staggers me when we saw the pictures coming out of Aberdeen um, over the last few weeks, not just this weekend, but over the last few weeks of the way some people were behaving as if there was ne it never happened, as if there was going to be no consequences. And now there is a consequence. And people are understandably, across the board, angry with pub operators. They're angry with the people. They're angry with the, the taxi drivers for enabling people to come and go into town and all these sort of things. So there's a huge amount of mixed emotions going on. Uh, obviously, Manchester's having a lockdown. There's, there's been... Uh, Leicester as well. Um, it, th th this is this is going to be the new normal, and we're going to end up. It's going to be so normal that I think we're probably going to stop talking about it. I, I think over the next few months we're going to get to the point of going, "Are you on lockdown just now?" No, I'm not. Are you? Yeah. So can't really. You know, I think that's how it's going to be. And it, it's if you're listening to this, please do not underestimate the impact that these things have. We all have a massive responsibility. And, and if you see people who aren't, you know, and, and you're close to them and you're comfortable enough to say, look, you know, you might really like to have that drink and go into town and hang around with your mates, but you really can't just now, just for a little bit, please. That would be a massive help. Um, yeah. Um, God, I didn't even know where to begin with this because there's so much to say. Um, the, the Brewdog Bars... Um, in Aberdeen, one of them, Castlegate, they did get implicated that they did have um, people in the bar who'd been in close contact with individuals who have been identified to be positive for it as well. Um, and I just, I've got a lot to say on this subject. I've been, as as you guys on this podcast know, and most of the listeners know, I've been helping out the world famous Newton Arms. I've written them an app um, to help with table ordering. The restrictions that they've placed on people uh, have worked excellently. Everybody has, across the board, behaved. Um, 
We have the rules that have been in place have made everyone who's visited feel comfortable. We have not had an ounce of negative feedback, except from people who think that the rules are a little bit over the top and they have decided not to carry on drinking there anymore. They feel like, yes, there's certain things you do, hand sanitizer, one-way system to the toilet, but um, a table booking system is very frustrating for them because they just want to come along and have a drink and leave when they're ready. And we can't do that, and say we, I'm saying about the pub, because we have to stop at a point and clean those tables and get the next batch of people in. We can't have the traditional pub it's got to be operated much more like a restaurant than a pub now because that's the only way to do it safely. Um, and so, again, just seeing the amount of work that's gone in and the hours and hours and hours and frustration. And, yeah, I, absolutely, um, Ian and Yvonne and Daz, you know, we, tensions have been high at times because we've not always agreed on the way forward because it's confusing as holy hell. Um and, you know, sometimes I've come up with a suggestion and it's got people's backs up. And sometimes I've come up with a suggestion and they've gone, that's a brilliant idea. And it's... It's all Seldom. of this. Yes, thanks. All of this has just ended up meaning that the frustration and sadness at seeing this lockdown come back into place because people went to the pub and didn't behave is oh, I can't even. Andrew, go on, please, because I'm ranting. I, I get that you're you're close to this, but there's no evidence so far. Other than the pictures we've seen, but the, 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 okay, so there's evidence that people weren't behaving particularly well at a couple of Aberdeen venues over the last few weeks, particularly late at night in those venues that don't have booking. Yeah. However, you're making a big assumption and a leap that the spread of this coronavirus cluster in Aberdeen is related to that. Yeah. It is highly regrettable that the two separate things have happened because there's a high chance, higher than you would expect chance, that they have then become related and it's aided the spread. However, I think there is an equal chance that somebody um, who is carrying coronavirus, but perhaps has not been tested uh, as positive and has not become positive, has been in the Newton arms. And if that person then had a test, even if they're asymptomatic, you'd have to close the pub down. And you'd think of it as all being in vain. This is how life is going to be for the foreseeable future until we better understand the risk. And it's terrible for those in the hospitality industry industry it's even worse for those who've lost loved ones because ben as, as you said and it really struck me that even if there's 20 odd cases that's still 20 people potentially who could be sick who could pass away who have stories to tell who have loved ones that they leave behind and as as relatively young folk in terms of the the population we are we all have our different risk profiles, but age-wise, we're less likely to have severe consequences if we contract the virus. But there are people younger than all of us, uh, more so than with other illnesses, who are contracting and who are dying. So we have to live our lives. I've been out living my life. Um, but you've also got to be conscious of your responsibility. Wear your face mask, wash your hands, and reduce your risk. It's all about risk management. And you won't be able to do everything you used to do or everything that you do want to do, Joe. I know. I know you've um, you've really hardly been out of the house. Um. No, um, I'm now. I'm now back at, at the office about oh. one to two times a week. Oh, that's exciting! Lucky you. I know. I know. <laughs> well, it's quite difficult to give people equipment as an IT administrator from my house, so yeah, have to do that. But um, you yeah, know, I've not been very far. And then when the bars did open. 
down here, the ones that I frequent didn't open yet because they were too small and they couldn't do it safely. Um, a few of them have now, and I just haven't had time to go out and, and go to any of them yet. But, you know, we're planning on going some places, trying to edge out a little bit more. Yeah. But you've, it is, it's just managing that risk. And even at my work, we're, we're like, counting up how many people are coming into the office trying to keep just that exposure to lots of people as low as possible because we've just got to manage that risk whatever way that is um ben i know you've got thoughts on this but andrew um what's been your experience of social distancing and when the few occasions you've been out i i i i pub and i've been to one brew dog bar castlegate you, you saw me i did a little bit of a facebook live and it was excellent i mean absolutely excellent and I, I assume the standards haven't dropped what's been your experience of it so far so i went out what would be two and a half weeks ago i i still haven't been on public transport in london since the 13th of march so i walked the five and a half miles to brew dog clerkenwell and had lunch and a few beers and Rachel was fantastically welcoming along with her team and it was a really good experience. It was the first time I'd been inside a building that isn't Sainsbury's or Marks and Spencer since March so that yeah. was weird. Um, it does mess with your head for sure it, when you first go back to these things absolutely. But it was also reassuring I then walked another few miles to Brewdog Paddington because it has the biggest outdoor space in London and it conveniently was about 50 metres away from the tri-point between mine and two mates' houses. Under the English rules, we cannot meet indoors, even still. So we met outdoors. We got a table quite easily. Um, the Paddington experience was fine. I felt it was less well run than Clerkenwell, but it was busier because they had a big outside space. But overall, felt pretty safe. The one thing that frustrated me was to exit the gent's bathroom you had to pull the door handle having just washed your hands and whilst there was sanitizer beyond it could really do with a foot handle thing um, or just take the door off and put a screen up so people can't see you at the urinal but anyway for more delicate listeners we'll move on i then went out the next weekend uh, for the friday with for lunch with my colleagues with my team because we hadn't again seen each other since march and we're quite a new team we work closely together so we met on a rooftop at a rooftop restaurant in central London. Again, I walked the five miles there. Um, I need new shoes, was the thing I learned. Um, but lunch was fine. But then we went in the South Bank um, to, to have some drinks and again, stay outside. And I was really shocked, and I'll be really honest here, at myself, because after a few drinks in the sunshine, everyone got a bit giddy. You're seeing people for the first time it became really difficult to remember what you should be doing. And I didn't hug anyone, didn't shake any hands. Um, you know, at worst, did the elbow tapping. But even sitting at a pop-up bar on the riverbank that had picnic benches, and there were six of us from five different households. Now, that's legal in London, though we should be at two metres distance. We yeah. weren't. Um, another couple of people randomly we bumped into that we used to work with, and they joined. And suddenly we were eight from six households on the bench. And it took me about 20 minutes to stop and think, hang on, first of all, this isn't actually legal. Secondly, this is probably a bit stupid. And I was quite taken aback that it was so easy to forget because I'm usually pretty religious and strict on this sort of stuff. So it's tough. So I do feel for 
the businesses who have crowds of people, particularly who've been out drinking, who have lost their inhibitions, the onus is on them as businesses to try and keep their punters safe. But I was really, as I say, really taken aback as somebody who is really strict on these sorts of things ordinarily, how easy it is to forget, which made me wonder if the measures and the rules need to be changed to an extent, particularly um, when it comes to late in the evening, Um, um, just to remove the temptation. Ben, obviously, I mean, as we've spoken about, you know, for for very sad reasons, you've you've got (laughs) more than us, you've got a reason to um, have strong opinions on how well or badly the social distance is is going. Um, you've you've been venturing back out to a couple of places with mixed results. I know this because we've when we were prepping the show, we we mentioned it. So how how has it been from your point of view? Yeah, it's it's been interesting because um, I was very hesitant when bars started first opening and. Um, I didn't think that I would go back out for quite some time, um, but then I um, I checked in with uh, my friends who work at Brewdog Southampton, and they said that they were quite quiet. Um, so I thought I'll uh, I'll take a gamble. Uh, if it's busy, I'll leave. And um, fortunately, even though it did get a bit busier, um, the way that they've handled uh, the distancing in their bars is incredible. It's um, you know they've. Uh, got a really good system making sure everyone checks in and uh, adds themselves to the list um, they're keeping people in their booths by being proactive about uh, taking orders at the tables or um, pushing people towards the app um, and um, yeah even though I was um, I went over there on my own because um, you know it was very last minute and um, you know I didn't want to you know have to rely on like public transport or anything so I got an Uber down there um and uh yeah the uh the team there have been fantastic i've i've been there three times now and um every time i've been in it's uh, always been very professional but you know whilst they're doing a lot more than other places which i can name in a bit um they haven't taken away any of the vibe that makes going to brewdog a good destination you know they've uh, kind of kept um, the whole ethos and uh, the whole vibe of the place going, and um, you know they're still friendly uh, staff and they're still interacting with customers, but they're um, they're also making sure that people keep their distance. They're all wearing masks. They're all sanitising everything very regularly. Um, you know, even though Southampton's quite a small bar uh, in comparison to much of the rest of the estate. Um, they are still following the rules that were created for busier bars. So they're like sanitizing like the bottle fridges, even though, you know, the way that they've got it set up, people can't walk over to them. Um, but, you know, they want to make sure that, you know, just in case someone's lent on it when they went looking or anything like that. So yeah. um, they've been quite rigorous. Um, in comparison, I went to um, a Hall and Woodhouse owned um, property a few days ago I went on Monday and uh, it was just all out the window Um, you walked in and they asked you to do the track and trace thing and um, after that it was like a free-for-all you um, you know you had to walk up to the bar to order food and drink and you had people like leaning over the bar holding the menu pointing at things to the person behind the um, cash desk and no one was wearing masks um, all the points are still being handed over um, 
over the bar rather than delivered to the table. Um, on top of like the food being pretty bad, um, it was a horrible experience, and um, it just kind of shows that you know there are some people who are doing things um, and seeing this as a road bump and just doing the bare minimum. But then you've got people like Brewdog who have proactively sought out ways to protect their staff and protect their customers rather than just have a piece of paper saying, stay two metres away, don't walk around. We we, um, we are obviously the Brewdog News podcast. We're all fans of Brewdog. Um, but I would 100% agree. I haven't yet heard or seen anyone go into the measures that Brewdog are. Um, and and that isn't just because I'm saying that, but it's because of Brewdog. I haven't seen a single place that's got to that same standard. They are absolutely setting a fantastic example. And uh, yeah, I would be one of the first to complain if Brewdog were doing anything wrong. And I mean, to JB's credit, um, I was quite anxious, obviously because of the situation, um, about Brewdog reopening at all. Um, I then saw the reopening document a few days before their planned reopening and it completely changed my mind. Um, they went into such depth and added so many things um, in that process to make sure that if one thing fails, there's something backing it up. And that's the thing you need to do in these situations. You can't just you know, rely on like just a bit of sanitizer and that's going to cure everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've got their staff wearing face masks, and I think that's the only pub chain I've seen where people are wearing face masks um, behind the bar. Yeah, and that scares me a lot. Um, it was um, there was a Mitchells and Butler's property we went to earlier today for lunch, and um, again, it was um, you check in at the door. Uh, they didn't do track and trace at the door at this particular place, um, but. They would walk into your table, but you saw people walking between tables to see their like friends, and it was mainly elderly people. I would have thought they would have had a bit more sense, but unfortunately, these places during the day are also social hubs. For I live in a village, so um, you know they're like the hub of the community, and um, I, I do empathise with people of that generation trying to remember to do everything, um, but. There's no excuse really as well for them to not have it clarified when they're going in, like Brewdog does. Um, they have the signs there and then when everyone sits down, they said, we'll be around to take your drink order or you can use the app. And, you know, they've they've made it so simple and it's, it's a blueprint that anyone can go and take and use. I mean, I think Brewdog um, said that they were going to make it available to their stockists as well. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it was, it was freely available online because that's one of the main things that we looked at with the restrictions and yeah, sorry the the things that we did in the pub and it's been great because there was loads of stuff in there that you just wouldn't have thought of and it was some really really good ideas yeah and um, the fact that they've got um, all the management helping out um, even in cases where there is uh, a breach of what customers should be doing and um, helping bar managers make the right decisions um you know, I think the way that they've uh, built the bars around this uh, document is just fantastic. And obviously, I'll keep an eye on how they're going forward. I know they're planning on allowing orders at the bars soon, which, you know, there are some bars that that would work in. But my local bar, the Southampton bar, I don't think it will unless they take out like a row of seats. 
but um, we'll see. I mean, um, at the end of the day, they've got to try and um, make money out of this as well. But I think um, at the moment, the way that they're handling things, they're definitely keeping their staff and their customers safe. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of the work that JB and um, the rest of the uh, the bars team have done on this. Would it be a really bad thing if we tried to do this again another night? My head is my head is so up my ass with everything that's gone on today. It's like I'm trying to think about really like good stuff and do this, and I'm just like all I can think about is like all this crap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Andrew?